0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Gospel Project for Adults weekly leader training podcast. Today's training is for unit number four, titled, Out of Egypt I Called My Son. Now, the podcast for today is going to focus on session number two in this unit of study, and the title for this upcoming session is God Shows His Power, and the background is Exodus chapters 5 through 12. A lot of ground that we'll cover, and of course, we will zoom in on a particular portion of these uh, seven chapters, right? The suggested use date is December the 12th, 2021. My name is Ken Braddy. I serve as Lifeways Director of Sunday School, and I also manage all of our adult ongoing curriculum, such as the Gospel Project. Our former brand manager and team leader for the Gospel Project, Aaron Armstrong, I mentioned this last time in our last podcast, uh, has left our company to go serve in a different company a different christian publishing company here in the nashville area and we had a great uh, separation Uh, we wish aaron well we know that god is going to use him very mightily in his new role still great friends with aaron and uh, look forward to seeing uh, god use him in some new ways to influence the church and uh, do great things for group leaders and for Christians in general as he starts that new work. But I'll be with you for this quarter as we walk through this unit number four uh, that we've titled Out of Egypt, I Called My Son. Well, let's get into the uh, session that you'll be teaching uh, very, very shortly. Uh, This second session titled God Shows His Power. Uh, In the first one last week, we, we discovered that God shares his name. And he told Moses, I am, I am who I am. And he was to say to Pharaoh or anyone who asked if, who sent him, you know, I am sent me now this time, this session, we're going to talk about God showing his power and the session outline goes like this. We uh, arrange these Bible studies in three different sections. And again, like I said last time, some of you will be able to walk your group through all three sections of the teaching outline. If you don't get all the way through, that's okay. Give yourself permission to not have to finish the uh, the entire session. Uh, we are going to completely trust that the Holy Spirit is going to help you focus with your group on exactly what your group needs to hear. So don't think that you know getting through the lesson is the goal. That's not really the, the major goal. The goal is to get God's word into the hearts and the minds of His people. And that's why I'm thankful that you do what you do as a Bible study leader. Well, that's the session, here's the session outline. Uh, the three sections. God remembers His covenant with His people. That's the first section. Number two, the second part, the middle part of your Bible study is God requires a perfect sacrifice from his people. And then the third and final section in this lesson, God releases judgment in the midst of his people. Now, what will my group learn? Well, God is faithful to bring deliverance from bondage, but that deliverance, deliverance comes and came at a price. How will my group see Christ? God's people needed the sacrifice of a spotless lamb in order to be spared from his judgment in Egypt. And Jesus Christ is the Passover lamb, the perfect sacrifice who protects all who trust in him from God's wrath. And then finally, how should my group respond to this study? Well, because we have been rescued from sin and death through Christ's sacrifice, we exercise our freedom in Christ by living for his glory telling others of the good news of salvation through the lamb who was slain for the sins of the world. Well, as you uh, get into your uh, Bible study this coming, uh, this coming week, just remember that uh, Moses uh, accepted the call to be God's messenger in Egypt, going to Pharaoh with the full authority and the power of God, the great I am. We covered that last time. But upon his arrival, uh, his message was met with some resistance and retaliation by Pharaoh, which resulted in near rejection of Moses' leadership by the people of God. Yet God reaffirmed his covenant with Moses, and God's power would be demonstrated in full force as he unleashed a series of plagues culminating in the death of Egypt's firstborn sons and sparing Israel's firstborn through the Passover sacrifice. Now, there is an opening question. Again, this icebreaking question that we uh, have in the sessions typically have no wrong answers. They're easy for anyone in the group to answer. That gets everybody talking and it helps them to tell their stories. And so this, there's a great introduction question here, this icebreaker for this session, session number two. And it's this, when have you heard someone's strong words that were not backed up by strong actions? I have a feeling that will generate a lot of discussion in your group. People may tell, you know, stories of parents, or uh, maybe it's a boss that, you know, likes to rattle the saber, but uh, really never takes action. Uh, When have you heard someone's strong words that were not backed up by strong actions? And of course, this ties to what Moses was going to do. He was going to use strong words from the Lord to let his people go, but ultimately, Those words would be backed up by very strong actions, the 10 plagues, as we will see. Well, let's move into this first section of your Bible study. And point number one God remembers his covenant with his people. This is from Exodus chapter 6, verses 2 through 8. And the word of God says Then God spoke to Moses, telling him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty. But I was not known to them by my name, the Lord. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land they lived in as aliens. Furthermore, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites whom the Egyptians are forcing to work as slaves, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, tell all the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from the forced labor of the Egyptians and rescue you from slavery to them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and great acts of judgment. I will take you as my people and I will be your God. You will know that I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out from the forced labor of the Egyptians. I will bring you to the land that I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. Well, I want to call your attention to uh, something that is taking place here in these verses, And you will find uh, an article, a very short article about this on page 22 of your leader guide, and the title is Anthropomorphism. And uh, what we say here is that uh, to accommodate our sometimes limited understanding about, uh, you know, infinite creatures, you know, infinite beings like the Lord, the authors of scripture inspired by the Holy Spirit often describe God as having human characteristics. Uh, such as body parts, you know, a strong arm, an outstretched hand. Uh, and these uh, literary expressions reliably communicate to us what God is like while also seeking to honor the mystery of who and what God is in his infinite, incomprehensible being. And so you'll see the anthropomorphisms here in these opening verses of this week's study. But I also want to call your attention to something that I think would be very helpful. And if you are uh, if you're receiving the uh, the group box uh, that we have produced uh, to make things easier for you as a group leader, you're going to find that there are some pack items, uh, the leader pack items, uh, some posters uh, that would go well with this lesson. In fact, we've got a poster in there on the Ten Plagues. You might want to have that uh, up on the wall there in your uh, your room if you're meeting on a church campus. But if you're meeting in a home and you're using this material in a home. Uh, It is not uh, uh, outside the realm of possibilities for you to take that poster and to just lay it in the floor in the middle of your group that I will assume are sitting on couches and chairs, kind of in a circle. And you can just lay that on the floor. There's no need to wall wall mount that in your home, uh, but you can use it uh, just by laying it on the floor. There's also a handout on the 10 plagues of Egypt. And so you might wanna take that uh, to the church office early on Sunday morning or swing by during the week and have a few copies made for your group. And so those would be some things uh, for those visual learners in your group uh, that would really make them very happy to see the poster and the handout. Uh, they really like things like that. Well, in this section of scripture, you know, we know that Moses was in a very difficult uh, leadership position, wasn't he? Uh, obedient to God and uh, saying to Pharaoh exactly what God told him to say, but life got worse because Pharaoh rejected Moses' request and also punished Israel by making them work even harder. And so now Israel was angry with Moses and they were doubting God and the situation seemed hopeless and impossible. But God had made a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and was going to keep it in in power. And Israel, the promised descendants of Abraham, would be would they would experience the covenant by dwelling in the land of Canaan, Uh, not as aliens like Abraham did, but as citizens of the promised land. And this teaches us how to read the Old Testament as a gradually expanding narrative of God's unfolding plan of salvation history, right? Today, we have experienced God in even more personal ways than Moses did. God himself came to earth in the flesh as Jesus Christ, and he defeated sin and death and the grave. And furthermore, we have the Holy Spirit, God in us. And we have the entire written word of scripture. And yet, like Abraham, we live as strangers in a land that will one day be ours, awaiting the consummation of his new covenant in Jesus' blood. We see that in Luke 22, verse 20. So we await the day when we will finally enter our promised land, the new Jerusalem. Point number two in this session is that God requires a perfect sacrifice from his people. Verse 2 of chapter 12 of the book of Exodus says this, This month is to be the beginning of months for you. It is the first month of your year. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, they must each select an animal of the flock according to their father's families, one animal per family. If the household is too small for a whole animal, that person and the neighbor nearest his house are to select one based on the combined number of people. You should apportion the animal according to uh, what each will eat. Verse 5 says, You must have an unblemished animal, a year old male, and you may take it from either the sheep or the goats. You are to keep it until the 14th day of this month, and then the whole assembly of the community of Israel will slaughter the animals at twilight. They must take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses where they eat them. So we see here the, uh, the Passover uh, celebration being inaugurated. And in this section of your Bible study, there is an essential doctrine. It's doctrine number 59 of Gospel Projects 99 Essential Doctrines. And this doctrine number 59 is titled Christ as Propitiation. And I want to encourage you to take a look at that definition on page 24 of your leader guide. This is going to help your people to understand what is taking place, this concept of propitiation, the atoning for of sin and the necessary payment that is required because of the the seriousness of sin and its serious penalties, you know, that come with it. And so this will be a a tremendous asset to you as a group leader to help your people understand this doctrine of atonement and Christ as propitiation. Well, here we see, you know, God was fulfilling uh, this covenant promise to Israel, and he was acting with his mighty outstretched arm. You know, there's that anthropomorphism, right? And he was doing this on the behalf of his people. Uh, Egypt had been pummeled with the plagues, and each one was a direct strike at the false gods of this superpower. And the final plague was going to be the most severe. You know, it would break the heart and the resistance of the Egyptian ruler. But there was more significance here than just simply liberating the Hebrews from their bondage. God was creating a new people, and he was creating a new identity for them. And the mark of their new identity was the atoning sacrifice of this innocent Passover lamb. And so it is for Christians who are not simply rescued from sin and guaranteed eternal life, but we're called away from identity shaped around the world's values. Well, in point number three, Uh, we end this lesson with this section of scripture titled God releases judgment in the midst of his people. Here's what it says. This is a mixture of verses from chapter 12. It says, I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and strike down the firstborn male in the land of Egypt, both people and animals. I am the Lord. I will execute judgments against all the gods of Egypt. The blood on the houses where you are staying will be a distinguishing mark for you. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. No plague will be among you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Verse 29 says, "Now at midnight the Lord struck every firstborn male in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh, who sat on his throne, to the firstborn of the prisoner, who was in the dungeon. So from the the greatest to the least, and no one escaped this judgment. It says, every firstborn of the livestock." Verse 30, during the night, Pharaoh got up, he along with all of his officials and all the Egyptians, and there was loud wailing throughout Egypt because there wasn't a house without someone dead. He summoned Moses and Aaron during the night, and he said, get out, get out immediately from among my people, both you and the Israelites, and go worship the Lord, you have said, as you have said. And verse 32 rounds out this section where it says, take even your flocks and your herds as you have asked and leave and also bless me. So obviously the, uh, the introduction of the 10 plagues and this final plague, uh, the 10th one, the death of the firstborn, broke the back of Pharaoh and the Egyptians and God's people were released. Now there is a great discussion question here in this section that I want you to pay attention to on page 26 of your leader guide. And it says, why is it important? to recognize the just judgment of God against sin. And the answer that we have supplied here in the leader uh, material is that so believers don't grow complacent in sin so that believers have an urgency to share the gospel with the world so that we rejoice in the grace of God to save us from our sin. And so we always recognize our need for Jesus, our savior. Well, God's judgment was just, and it was fair, Uh, It's not as if Israel escaped his judgment, but their judgment fell upon the lamb, the innocent Passover lamb. And because of the blood of a perfect lamb, God would pass over the houses of all the Hebrews and they weren't spared because of their merit or because of the innocence of the, the one who took their judgment by death. The blood on the house will be a distinguishing mark for you is what the Bible says. And so it is for Christians on this side of the cross, we are redeemed with the precious blood of Christ like that of an unblemished, spotless lamb. Take a look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19 for a little more uh, thought on that. Well, God often has to uh, induce a crisis in our lives in order for us to see him. And today, many people in the world, maybe even people in your groups, are reeling from tragedy and heartbreak. And they may come to the end of themselves in genuine sorrow over their sin and seek answers about God, about the God uh, who who saves. And we should be ready to tell them about the blood of Jesus who has saved us from eternal judgment. That it really is true, isn't it? God sometimes allows a crisis into our lives so that we will turn to him Uh this is exactly what we see happening here uh, in this uh, Bible study this week. I'm glad that you're going to be teaching this one. Now, uh, something for you to read. I want you to think about uh, reading and using an illustration that we've put in the leader guide on page 29 in the extra section. Uh, this is uh, a reference to a book, Your Future Self Will Thank You. It's a book that talks about the rhythms that we follow uh, as, as, a, as a people uh, may even uh, be boring or restrictive you know, in our communities of faith, but the author of the book goes on to say they're really necessary that, that habits and rituals are, are important in the lives of believers. We need to be reminded about what's important, and he says we need the repetition if habits are to be formed around important beliefs that we hold as Christians, and so he says this is what God was doing with Israel and the Passover. He wanted them to revisit their salvation year after year and to teach it from generation to generation so for christians this is what we do as we take the lord's supper you remember jesus urged us to do this practice in remembrance of him that's first corinthians 11 24 so it could be a great illustration for you to use at some point there in your bible study also we've got five extra sections of commentary again trying to load you up so that you have got a great understanding of the background uh, of these passages, and then as we uh, introduce the commentary here in this extra section, uh, this extra commentary, it's going to help you drill down on some of the important points in this Bible study. Now, I'm going to close today uh, in a slightly different way, but I want to give you something to do, and and this is going to be a a teaching tip for for those of you that are leading groups. Sometimes, as we throw out a question to our group, uh, sometimes our people aren't Quick to respond, and so if that ever happens, uh, please do not make a uh, a rookie mistake by answering the question too quickly yourself. What I often see when I visit Bible study groups is a very well intentioned teacher who throws out a question to his or her group, and when no one answers immediately, I'm talking just within a second or two, the group leader gets nervous. There's some silence, and within five or so seconds the group leader supplies the answer to the question, and don't make that mistake. Robert Pasmino, who is a Christian educator, did work and research on this, and what he discovered is that if you will remain silent as a group leader and allow the group to to think on your question, he said the quality of their answers will go up significantly after the 20-second mark. Now, If you're sitting in a group and you as the teacher have thrown out a question, 20 seconds can feel like an absolute eternity. I know this because I have done this. And what I have learned to do is this. So here's the tip. Don't answer your own question. Be willing to wait those 20 seconds. And while you're waiting, have a seat. Make sure you've got a chair wherever you're teaching from and just have a seat take a sip of coffee and look around the room. And what will happen is this, somebody or some bodies in the group will become more uncomfortable with the silence than you are. And you'll see them start to squirm. They'll start to grin and smile. They're processing the question. And then somebody in your group will supply most likely a great answer because they've had time to think about it. And so have others in the group. And so when they finish giving their answer, usually somebody else jumps right in, and then somebody else, and then all of a sudden, you've got great discussion taking place, so don't shortside yourself when it comes to asking and answering these questions. Make sure that you give your people plenty of breathing room to think about their answers. Well, thanks for being with me this week for session number two in this unit that we're going through right now, and I look forward to being back with you next time I pray that as you teach this Bible study that we've titled, God Shows His Power, uh, on December the 12th, that's when most of you will be teaching it, I pray that the Lord does great things in your group, and that he uses you to help your people understand the importance of responding to God, who is the all-powerful I Am. God bless you, God bless your churches and your groups, and I will see you next time for Number three, our third session titled God Saves His People. It'll be a great one. Look forward to seeing you next time.